and welcome to another episode of the Breachside Broadcast, home of the finest Vox casting either side of the breach. The appointment of Governor General Marlow has had seismic effects on Malifaux, and the reverberations are being felt as far away as the bayou. The gremlins of the bayou have been keeping tabs on what's happening in the city, and they don't like it one bit. In our story tonight, they decide to do something about it. I hope you enjoy part one of the Gremlin General, right after this word from our sponsor. This episode of the Breachside Broadcast is brought to you by Bobby Lou Fontainebleau's Bayou Haberdashery. Everybody knows the gremlin with the biggest hat is in charge. Bobby Lou and his team specialise in constructing the biggest, baddest, burliest hats around. If you want respect, buy a Stetson from Bobby Lou Fontainebleau, or beat up someone who already has one and steal it off their head. General by Michael Wallace. Bass, Bass! Dipper Jones rushed into the room, shoving aside his kin to prostrate himself at the foot of Summerteeth Jones's crooked high backed chair. The Jones patriarch glared at Dipper over his mug of shine. What's with the noise, boy? Sun's barely up. Travel from the city, sir. Them gilders is riled up worse than a mom pig. Summer grunted. So what? Name me a time of day and I'll bet my hat they're pissed off about something. It's worse this time, Dipper squealed. My cousin Bert knows a Benoit who married a Tucket who bought some hogs from a Turner who also sells to a human in the city named Peregrine that... Get to the point, boy, Jones balked. The guild's locking down, Dipper finished. They're snatching up every shiner, smuggler, and swamp man that ever did business with us. Summer scoffed so hard it turned into a belch. You're playing me. I ain't playing, Dipper said. He ducked out of reflex in case Summer punctuated his disbelief with a thwack upside the head. Summer looked as if he'd do just that, but then he scratched his flabby chin and chewed a bit of pig gristle stuck in his remaining teeth. Them gulers is finally getting riled up on us gremlins, huh? Dipper nodded. And that ain't all. It's like a... Hornet's nest grew a pair of danglers and someone up and kicked them right square in the two, Francois Lacroix explained. He pulled a crooked cigarette from his ear and lit it. They're coming down hard on everyone. Gremlins, deadies, nephilims. It's like their new boss has a grudge something fierce. Francois puffed smoke, and Ophelia watched it swirl in the muggy bayou air. She could almost see the twinkling lights of the city in the haze. Almost imagine folks like Padita and the other guild soldiers, moving street to street like a wall of guns and hurt, gunning down anyone that didn't bow down before the new boss. It was the kind of decisive force she appreciated. It was a pity that she had to be on the other end of that particular barrel. She gave her head a shake. What about... The Union? Trixabel shrugged her shoulders, 
a practiced action that made her midsection all kinds of interesting to gremlin boys. But Ma Tuckett was finding it tiresome, especially now. She stirred the morning beans in her big pot, her thumb working a groove into the handle of her spoon. She wanted to swing it at the evasive girl, breakfast be damned. I don't know, but the guild hates him. Yes, Ma growled. We know the guild and the union hate each other. If the guild's coming down on us, they must be coming down on the union too. What have our people in their metal tube said about it? Trixivel brushed a lock of hair from her eyes. They said they ain't fighting, at least not like they used to. Maybe all them arrests from before was just to get everyone to powwow, you know? She did a little stretch, the kind that accentuated the hips. Damn it, girl, stop posing like some cat house floozy, Ma snapped. Trixabel huffed, her posture deflating into boredom. The gremlins watching from the window slumped away in disappointment. So if they're not fighting, Ma said, her gaze turning distant as she thought her way through things, then there must be some reason for it. Are they getting friendly all of a sudden? Trixabel shook her head. They ain't exactly shacking up, but the Gill boys ain't going out of their way like they used to. Ma put a finger to her lips. So who all is... Left, I would ask, but I know the answer. You told me everything I needed to know the moment you walked onto the bridge. Ensign Cleats opened his mouth to speak, but Captain Zip started pacing, arms folded behind his back. Yes, Malifaux City, he continued. Jewel of the... here, this place. He gestured vaguely around him. Currently held by the Guild, ruled by the Guild. And now the Guild is coming down on all who are not Guild, you say? Booting out all the mercenaries, are they? I didn't... No, of course. They're not just coming down on everyone who isn't Guild. They've become organized. The Guild has organized. Hasn't it always been organized? No. They have new leadership. That's it. A visionary. Someone who has taken the bull by the horns. Prob, it doesn't matter. This new leader surely intends to turn all of the resources of the Guild against us. Zip snapped his fingers. Mr. Buck, I wish to speak to the crew. Buck, standing beside the infamy speaking horn, opened it dutifully. Zip slapped a medal on Buck's chest as he scampered over, simply for not trying to interrupt him. It was technically a guild medal, but Buck still straightened up in pride and tried not to wince at the pin piercing his breast. Zip cleared his throat loudly into the speaking horn and began to monologue. Attention, crew of the infamy! Normally, the watering hall was a place of entertainment. While little more than a pit with a pond in the center, it was the site of many gremlin shindigs, weddings, and bayou bashes. The slopes around the racetrack had been dug or walked into the shape of seats, where gremlins could watch, drink, and occasionally be horribly killed when a bash went horribly wrong, or right, depending on the nature of the party. Today was a more somber occasion. Zoraida could tell. From her place beside the watering hole stands, she could see hundreds, perhaps thousands of gremlins tightly packed into the pit. The sound was horrendous, as every gremlin was trying to talk over the rest. With a sigh of frustration, she tapped her staff against the shoulder of the gremlin in front of her and gave him a glare when he looked her way. When he shuffled aside in fear, she moved on to the next gremlin, making her way over to the edge of the watering hole pond, where the big hats of the gremlin families were assembled and fighting. Well, arguing. They hadn't drawn their weapons yet, so that was a good sign, but like everyone else, they were all talking at once. Dipper says the Gilders have got a new leader, Summer bellowed. Driving out everyone who isn't ready to bow down, 
Ophelia said, never raising her voice, yet still somehow audible amidst the more cantankerous family heads. Even the Union's laying low, Ma added. Lower than most, almost like they saw it coming. Zip pounced onto the head of a larger gremlin and pulled himself up to his full height. I saw this coming, of course. It was only a matter of time before the Iron Skeeters earned enough of a reputation to draw the full attention of the Guild. A challenge that I, for one, am prepared to answer. There will be no respite, no quarter. I have devised a clever 67-point strategy. Buck, bring the charts. That, if enacted with Flora's precision, will result in a minimum loss of no less than perhaps half your respective families each. A tragic yet necessary sacrifice that I'm sure you will all agree is an acceptable loss. Zip's teeth snapped shut as Ma smacked him upside the head, just hard enough for him to bite his own tongue. Zoraida sent her will into her walking stick and tapped it against an old root. Her magic flooded into the tangled wood underground, reverberating all the way up to the furthest seats. The sound was like thunder, and Zoraida nodded in approval as all of the gremlins fell silent in awe. That's better, she said. Summer, you wanted to speak? She planted her stick in the muddy earth and paid no attention to the roots that sprang out from its base and dug into the mud. Speak here, and they will hear. All of them. Summer blinked, a bit awed at such a display of power. The stick was too high for him, so he grabbed it, eliciting a weird metallic shriek from the wood that set everyone on their heels and tilted it down toward his face. Ah, um, hmm, is this, does this thing work? Hello? He tapped it, sending another thunderous shudder through the stick. Grinning from ear to ear, he tilted his head back and put his back as straight as he could. Folks, y'all know me, Summer Teeth Jones, and you know why we're all here. The rumors y'all have heard, the stories coming from the edge of the bayou, well, these all true. The audience broke into a cacophony of hushed whispers and worried glances. It's true, Summer repeated, obviously enjoying the effect he was having on such a large audience. The guild ain't sitting still no more. They've got a new boss, a uh, governor general. He's just like the last one, except his hat is twice as big, and he's coming for us all. A collective gasp stilled the audience. I ain't lying when I say they probably ain't going to stop with the city. It's only a matter of time before they come to the bayou. Another round of gasps. Summer leaned over the speaking stick and lowered his voice to a sinister growl. And the guild won't stop. Till every one of us is dead. A third round of gasps. A few gremlins fainted. Satisfied at his work, Summer tucked the thumb of his free hand into his coverall straps and returned his voice to its normal pitch. So in these ear trying times, it's important that the gremlins answer the call to unite. Our families have feuded since there were things to feud about. And it's been a good lot of fun. Remember that time I shot Ophelia's par right in the face? A few of the gremlins nodded in recollection. Ophelia drew her pistol and started pushing bullets into the chamber. Summer continued without noticing. But now, these interlopers, these outsiders, these non-gremlins, they is coming to our doorstep and we gotta stand up to them but good. The gremlins in the audience, though still conscious, took the news in. Some looked scared, and some were confused. 
but many of them had that rare expression of realization that came when a gremlin finally had an epiphany. Zoraida nodded, feeling a swell of relief. It was about time something she had set in motion turned up positive. She stepped up to the speaking stick and looked across the gathered gremlins. Well said, Summer. This will not be easy. But I know just how we can turn this situation to our advantage. The guild is not... Summer gave a frog-like croak as he cleared his throat. The sound rippled through the root system of the racetrack. Yes, Summer? Zoraida asked, glancing back to him in annoyance. Something you forgot to add? Summerteeth Jones eyed Zoraida carefully. She recognized his expression. It was the same expression a clever man had when he was debating how to handle a dangerous predator. Instead of fear, however, he attempted his resolve with the knowledge that he was no pushover himself, as well as a few bottles of moonshine. I was appreciating what you wanted to do, Summer said, speaking slowly and carefully. But this ear is a gremlin meeting, and you ain't a gremlin. The silence that fell on the bayou that moment was rare. Not a gremlin or beast stirred. Even the leaves in the trees above had gone still. Zoraida glared death at Summer, as anger boiled up inside her. She looked from Summer to the other family heads, Ophelia, Martucket, even Mouthy Zip, as each came to the same epiphany and met her with an equally level stare. You, Zoraida started to hiss. Yeah, came a shout from the crowd. You ain't a gremlin. That seemed to trigger the lot of them, and soon every gremlin was shouting Zoraida down. The fear any gremlin would rightly have for the swamp hag was drowned out by the sight of their leaders standing up to her, combined with their sheer numbers. Angry as she was, they figured Zoraida could only turn maybe a hundred of them into toads and stamp them into jam, but she couldn't get all of them. Zoraida balked. She turned in a huff and hobbled away past the stands, shoving gremlins out of her way. They cheered as she went, though none of them quite had the courage to take a swing at her or throw a piece of overripe fruit in her direction. When she was gone, Summer blew out a sigh of relief, one echoed by most of the gremlins in attendance. Laughter was shared, brows were swept, and everyone relaxed in shared relief. All right, all right, Summer said. He tapped the speaking stick again, and was glad to see that whatever magic Zoraida had imbued it with had not ended with her departure. We all know that she'll be pissed a while about being left out, but it's our decision. Anyways, like I was going to say, if we're going to stand together to get organized, we'll need a leader. The guild has this new governor general. I ain't seen his hat, but he's got to have one as big as old major to boss around all them humans. So I propose that we get ourselves a governor general of our own. A gremlin general. Cheers rolled over the audience. Summer puffed out his chest and grinned. Yeah, a gremlin general. He basked in what he assumed were the first cheers of his reign over all of gremlin kind. We need a general who can lead the families. All the families against the guild. And even though she's angry, I'm still Zoraida's favorite. So I say that I should be the Gremlin General. The cheers turned into angry shouting and then gunfire. Ophelia was the first to act. She was already aiming her pistol at Summer, so it was an easy enough thing to pull back the hammer and fire a shot at his head, 
As she did so, however, Ma smacked Summer with her spoon, accidentally knocking him out of the way with the strike. Summer hit the ground, rolled for a good distance, and came up spitting dirt and firing his blunderbuss into the crowd. The gremlins in his line of sight hurled themselves into cover and fired wildly behind them. Bullets tore through the air, sparking a riot as the families hurled themselves at one another, armed with whatever weapons they brought or could improvise at a moment's notice. Bullets tore through liquor bottles that became crude stabbing weapons. Gunshots, blood, and missing fingers filled the air. Enough blood flavored the air to draw a pack of nearby Silurid. But even as the fearsome monsters descended on the distracted gremlins, they were dragged into the midst of the fighting and torn to pieces. The gremlins yanked teeth and tore off scales and claws before getting back to their own fight. From the protection of several thick root formations, the family heads continued shouting at summer, barely heard over the roar of combat. I'll never take the orders of a fat oaf like you, Ma Tucket snarled, resigned to shaking her spoon impotently from behind a tree. Like I take your orders, Summer shouted back, as he scooped a handful of rocks into his blunderbuss barrel. You're both stupid and insane, Ophelia interjected. None of us is gonna follow some girl, Summer shouted back. Zip stuck his head out from behind the metal pot he was hiding behind. I propose that whoever owns the largest airship... He yelped and ducked back when Ma hurled her spoon at him. The brewmaster, lingering behind everyone, utterly silent, moved to the speaking stick and spoke a single word. Enough. The fighting died down almost immediately. The family heads huffed and glanced back and forth between each other suspiciously. They each debated taking a cheap shot at each other, but none of them wanted to risk riding up the closest thing the gremlins had to a holy man. The brewmaster met the gazes of each gremlin who was still bickering. Once everyone was settled, he went back to his seat and was quiet once more. Awkwardly, Summer swallowed. Um, well said, your eminence. Everyone took a step back from everyone else and relaxed just a bit. Ophelia huffed, holstered her pistol and folded her arms over her chest. We'll never agree to just deciding on a leader. She's right, Ma said, reclaiming her spoon. Too much bad blood between families. It ain't something you just drop for the sake of it. Then we need a better way to decide, Summer agreed. Draw straws? Jewels with pistols, Ophelia suggested with a narrow smile. Everyone thought it over. Then Zip, uncharacteristically mute after the brewmaster spoke, shifted in his seat. My, uh, my chief engineer, he told me that some humans decide on their leaders with a vote. He called it a, uh, democracy. A vote? Summer asked. Ma looked Zip up and down. How's this democracy work? Zip cleared his throat. Well, it's really interesting, actually. The method, as he told me, started many years ago in a place called Greasy. I know because he brought it up as we were discussing the amount of engine grease left on the infamy, and you wouldn't believe how much of the stuff it needs to... Zip, Ophelia cried frustrated. Get to the point. Oh, right. It's pretty easy, really. Everyone picks someone they want to be in charge, and then the gremlin who gets picked the most gets to be the leader. Gets the big hat, Ma scoffed. That's the craziest, stupidest thing I ever heard. And I put up with that one. She jabbed her spoon at Summer. Summer was too flabbergasted to argue. That makes no sense at all. 
A gremlin gets his head by being the biggest and loudest and meanest there is. It worked for my par and his par and probably a lot of other pars before that. Ophelia rubs her chin and thought. How do they pick their leader? I mean, how do they know they're not getting the worst, stupidest, ugliest, fattest? Summer growled at her. What's to keep them from voting the wrong person in? Zip shrugged. Don't look at me. I'm no human. Summer chewed on that. Huh. So anyone could win. Ma nodded slowly, realizing the implication. It might work, but every gremlin gets to vote. Don't matter what family. Or if they're women, Ophelia added. And whoever we pick, we stick with it, Summer said. No matter who gets it. Agreed, said everyone in unison. Your eminence, Summer stepped forward to face the brewmaster. You're the wisest of us. Would this democracy make for a good way for us to pick a leader, a gremlin general? The brewmaster leaned back, his head held high in thought. After a moment, he nodded. If you're all willing to follow the winner, then you might have something there, Summer, my boy. Summer beamed, and Zip's protests that he had technically come up with the idea were lost, as Summer put his lips to Zoraida's walking stick. Right then. We meet back here in one moon and have us a vote. That's it for another episode of the Breachside Broadcast. Join us next time for part two of the Gremlin General on Tales of Malifaux.